Welcome to Dreamful Podcast, bedtime stories for slumber. I would like to start off this episode by thanking our newest Patreon supporters, Hayden Lennox, Kim Teplitsky, Michael Layton, and Craig Van Slyke from Rational Ignorance Podcast, who I actually met last week at Podcast Movement in Nashville. Thank you all so much, and I hope you have the sweetest of dreams. If you find value in Dreamful and would also like to contribute to the show, please visit dreamfulstories.com where you can find info about the show and on the support page, there's a link to become a Patreon subscriber. Patreon members get access to bonus episodes and perks like voting on future episodes, holographic stickers, giveaways, and behind-the-scenes extras. If you love Dreamful, you're sure to love one of my favorite podcasts, Bedtime History. Bedtime History is a series of educational, relaxing stories for kids and families where you can learn about the individuals who have influenced our world and the events that shaped it. Unwind while the narrator soothingly tells you the fascinating story of Hedy Lamarr, the beautiful Hollywood actress who also helped invent an early device for radio communications or snuggle up with the tale of the creation of the video game Minecraft and how it took the gaming world by storm. My recommendation is to listen to their episode on the Olympic Games, where you can hear all about the origination of the Olympic Games in ancient Greece and the beginnings of the modern day Olympics in 1896. I've put a link to that episode in the show notes. Be sure to listen to Bedtime History free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I get messages from so many listeners that they have trouble sleeping because of past traumas, anxiety, panic attacks, or depression. That's why I am so thankful to be sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs with a quick and comprehensive survey and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. I was put in touch with my therapist in under 24 hours in a safe and private online environment with the convenience of skipping an uncomfortable waiting room and zero drive time. Send a message to your counselor anytime and receive timely and thoughtful responses, plus schedule weekly video or phone sessions. This service is available for clients worldwide, and you can find a licensed professional counselor that specializes in your specific needs, whether that be depression, sleeping, family conflicts, trauma, and much more. Best of all, it's more affordable than offline counseling and financial aid is available. Start living a happier life today. As a listener of Dreamful, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com dreamful. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, help spelled H-E-L-P.com slash dreamful. Each month in the year 2021, we will be exploring the history and mythos behind some of the most famous constellations. This is the eighth episode of the Constellation series, Leo the Lion. So, snuggle up in your blankets and have sweet dreams. Thank you.
in the northern celestial hemisphere is the bright, sickle-shaped constellation of Leo the Lion. Within Leo are many dazzling stars and deep sky objects. Among those are brilliant galaxies. One of the brightest stars in the sky, Regulus, and the Cosmic Horseshoe, a gravitationally lens system of galaxies whose light is warped to look like a scene from science fiction. In 1833, the Leonid meteor shower radiated from Leo and sparked further studies of meteor showers after hundreds of thousands of meteors flowed across the sky. Throughout recorded human history, this constellation has been identified as a lion. Over 6,000 years ago, Mesopotamians saw it as the great lion. The Sumerians are said to have associated it with a lion-faced monster, and the ancient Egyptians likened the constellation to a representation of the lioness goddess Sekhmet. To tell the story of Leo the Lion, we must continue the Greek tale of the Twelve Labors of Heracles. Heracles had been ordered by King Eurystheus to complete twelve impossible tasks in servitude, and now Heracles was to bring him the skin of an invincible lion. The Nemean lion was a terrible monster that roamed in the region of Nemea. When Heracles arrived, he met Melorchus, a shepherd who had lost his son to the lion, saying that if he came back within 30 days, a ram would be sacrificed to Zeus. If he did not return within 30 days, it would be sacrificed to the dead Heracles as a mourning offering. While searching for the lion, Heracles fetched some arrows to use against it. But when he found the lion and shot at it with his bow, he discovered that its golden fur was impenetrable when the arrow ricocheted off the creature. After chasing it for a while, Heracles made the lion return to his cave. This cave had two entrances one of which Heracles blocked. He then approached the fierce lion through the other. Grasping the lion in his mighty arms, he held it tightly until it choked to death. After he had killed the Nemean lion, he managed to skin it with the help of the goddess Athena, who advised him to use the lion's claw to remove the pelt. Wearing the lion skin, Heracles entered the city of Mycenae, much to King Eurystheus's horror. The king sent Heracles away on his next task. The next task was to capture the mares of King Diomedes. Heracles traveled to the shores of the Black Sea to meet King Diomedes who was the son of the god Ares. As such, he was a terrible and savage ruler 
who fed prisoners to his horses, who eventually preferred the taste of humans to oats and grains. The mares were wild and uncontrollable and could only be tethered to a bronze manger by chains. Heracles, knowing how King Diomedes treats strangers, wrestled with him, dragging him to the stables where the mares live. And though Heracles has unmatched strength, it was a long and exhaustive match with Diomedes, the son of the god of war. But it was not too long until Heracles brought Diomedes to the mare's manger, where they devoured him. It was after this that they became calm and controllable. After Heracles returned with the horses, Eurystheus dedicated them to Hera and released them to Rome upon Mount Olympus. The fame of the belt of Hippolyta reached across the ancient world, and King Eurystheus wished to present it to his daughter, Admedi. Thus Heracles was dispatched by the king, for this was no ordinary belt, and no ordinary warrior. Hippolyta was the queen of the Amazons, a tribe of women warriors. The golden belt was given to her by Ares, the god of war, Heracles and a band of comrades sailed to Themyscira, where the Amazons dwelled. Once there, Heracles demanded the belt of the queen of the Amazons. Hippolyta, having heard of the might of Heracles, went aboard his ship to present it to him. At this time, though, Hera, disguised as an Amazon, went amongst the others and spread the rumor that Heracles was trying to abduct their queen. The warriors therefore rushed to Heracles' ship with weapons drawn, and Heracles, perceiving that he was under attack, drew his sword and swiftly killed Hippolyta. He removed her belt before he and his shipmates fought off the attacking Amazons. When they had driven the women warriors off, Heracles sailed back to Mycenae, where he gave the belt to King Eurystheus. The next labor Eurystheus ordered was for Heracles to bring him the cattle of Geryon, a fearsome giant with three heads and six legs. Geryon kept his cattle in Erythia. So Heracles embarked on his journey, crossing the desert. After some time, Heracles became frustrated at the heat, so he shot an arrow at the sun. Helios, the sun god, was so impressed by Heracles' courage that he bestowed upon Heracles a golden goblet with which he sailed across the sea every night. It was with this that Heracles reached the island of Erythea. Upon arriving at the shores, 
Heracles was met with Geryon's ferocious two-headed hound named Orthrus. One blow with Heracles' club was enough to kill the dog. On hearing the commotion, Geryon sprang into action, carrying three shields, three spears, and donning three helmets. He pursued Heracles at the river and Themis, but fell victim to an arrow that had been dipped in the venomous blood of the Hydra, shot so forcefully by Heracles that it pierced Geryon's forehead. Having secured the cattle, Heracles made his journey back to Greece. After some time, he made it to the edge of the Ionian Sea, with the end of his journey finally in sight. Hera, however, was not about to let the hero accomplish this labor. She sent a gadfly to attack the cattle, and the herd scattered far and wide. Heracles scrambled to gather the escaped cows. Finally, he regrouped the herd. Then he brought the cattle of Geryon to Eurystheus, who sacrificed the herd to Hera. In an attempt to put Heracles in the path of the vengeful Hera, King Eurystheus demanded that Heracles go and steal the golden apples from Hesperides. The apples were a wedding present from Hera to Zeus, and would grant immortality to whomever should eat them. They were on an island hidden at the edge of the world. Heracles set off at once to steal the apples, but where could he find them? He wandered off in search of someone who could tell him where the garden and the apples were hidden. Heracles came upon Kiknos, a son of Ares. He challenged Kiknos in exchange for the location of the garden. Heracles won the fight, but much to his dismay, Kiknos did not know where the location of the garden was at. Without any direction, Heracles continued on in his search for information. He then came upon Ereus, a shape-shifting water nymph. He snatched up the nymph and demanded to know the location of the garden. But alas, the nymph did not know. When all seemed hopeless, Heracles came to Mount Caucasus, and there he found the titan Prometheus. As punishment for stealing fire from Zeus and giving it to man, Prometheus was chained to a rock, and every day a giant eagle would fly to Prometheus and eat his liver, and every night a new liver would grow back. To save Prometheus, Heracles laid in wait for the eagle, and when it landed upon the rock, Heracles killed it and freed Prometheus. He then asked the titan for the location of the garden, and even though he did not know the location himself, he did know who would, his brother Atlas. 
With this information, Heracles set off to find Atlas. On the western edge of the world, he found the Titan holding the weight of the world on his shoulders. Heracles told Atlas he would relieve him of his burden temporarily if Atlas would go to Hera's garden and gather the golden apples. Atlas, eager to take the weight from his shoulders, agreed and transferred the world to Heracles. He then disappeared and returned with three golden apples in his hand, and placing them on the ground, lifted the burden back onto his own shoulders. And so Heracles picked up the apples and quickly ran off, carrying them back to Eurystheus. The final and most dangerous labor that Heracles had to complete was to capture Cerberus, a vicious three-headed dog that guarded the entrance to the underworld and kept the living from entering the world of the dead. The hero went to Tenerum, where one of the entrances to the underworld lay, and was helped there by Athena and Hermes. The goddess Hestia also helped him with negotiating with Charon, the boatman that guided the souls over the river towards the underworld. There, Heracles found Hades and asked him to take Cerberus to the surface. The Lord of the Underworld replied that Heracles could indeed take Cerberus with him, but only if he overpowered the beast with nothing more than his own brute strength. So weaponless Heracles set off to find Cerberus. Near the gates of the river of the underworld, Heracles encountered the dog. Undaunted, the hero threw his strong arms around the beast and wrestled Cerberus. Heracles managed to subdue the dog with his hands and brought it on his back to Mycenae. Horrified at the sight of the monstrous dog, King Eurystheus fled into hiding and asked Heracles to take the monster back to the underworld, thus releasing him from any other labors. And so ended the Twelve Labors of Heracles. Heracles.